And that's 2d4 plus 2. So that's going to be seven points of damage. I hope not. Or healing. Who <laughs> <laughs> put the potion of harming in here? Dang it. And it turns out it's a mimic. <laughs> And uh, just one little aside uh, before we go any further. Um, I already planned all of this stuff out a long time ago. So when we get back to Port of Magnum, don't shoot me. I reach into my bag of holding and I give her the skull that I had been carrying. Oh, heck yeah. I'm so proud. Seriously. Chapter 200. The Honored Dead. Okay. So in the last episode... Lots of things went poorly. And lots of things went well. You finally got a chance to face off against the Baroness herself. And how did that battle go? That battle went surprisingly well. Yeah. Almost really badly. You're able to uh, down the Baroness quite rapidly, but her guardian uh, escort uh, then waded into you and things went rather south quickly. Um, so right now, um, Noan is up and pretty... Actually, how, how hale are you, Noan? You took some damage. What are you, what are you at? 56 from 90. I'm yeah. not too bad. So, well, it's still about half. You got You got banged up pretty good. And thanks to your quick menstruations, you're able to uh, give a healing potion to Misty. So you're back up again, Misty, but what are you at? Five hit points. Yes, so <laughs> barely up. But now that's the good news. The bad news is Creval, Cotter, Red, and the Baron are all face down on the ground. And uh, to make matters worse, worse... Creval nat one his last death saving throw, so he has two unhappy faces. Red failed both of his death saving throws. He has two unhappy faces. Um, Cotter has one unhappy face, but obviously a nat one would end it right there. And the Baron has one unhappy face. So, um, yeah, it's time for priorities. Now, the good news is, uh, Misty and Noan, you can see retainers running back to the battlefield now that... Uh, now that the bad guys have been defeated and there are healers amongst them, but they're not going to get here this round. So, um, starting at the top of the order, because Misty uh, finished off the last bad guy at the bottom of the order. Noan, you get to go before anything happens. So you've got Creval, Cotter, Red, and the Baron down, and more importantly, Creval and Red are on two unhappy faces you can uh, go and try to stabilize one of them. What are you going to do? Well, you know, cats get nine lives, so I'm going to Creval. Okay. And I so have a I get a plus seven to my medicine check, but yep. I do roll with disadvantage because I'm a little tired. That's true. It's an ability check. Um, if you want to pull a healing potion off of me, you can use it on him. That is better. I'm going to do that. Okay. So you recall that Cotter has a healing potion. You pull it out of his pouch really quick and... Uh, is it in your bag of holding? Uh, I'd say no, because... You want it handy? Yeah. Okay, so it's even easier to get a hold of. And so you jam it in Creval's face. 
And that's 2d4 plus 2. So that's going to be seven points of damage. I hope not. I'll <laughs> <laughs> put the potion of harming in here. Dang it. And it turns out that it's a mimic. <laughs> All right. Falls at seven. Okay. So actually, that's, that is unusually good planning. Kval, you wake up on the ground. You have seven hit points. Um, you quickly cast about and you realize that Cotter is lying right next to you. Red is down a little bit further away. Uh, the Baron is down behind you, for some reason, holding Cotter's so flaming sword. Um, it's just a huge pile of bodies here. Um, I, I whisper and I say, Red is worse off. If you heal me, I can heal Red. <laughs> and I'm next. I reach over and utter a soft prayer, and I will heal Cotter with a level three cure wounds. Okay. What How is this back? chain of healing? Yes. It's the best chain. Yeah, Misty does chain lightning. They do chain healing. And I do nothing. Cool. 19 points of healing to Cotter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cotter, you wake up on the ground. All right. I will um, cast Aura of Vitality. Uh, let me see what the range is on that if I have to crawl a bit first. Aura of Vitality. 30 foot radius. So. Uh, red gains 2d6 hit points. So red gains 10 hit points. Okay, and red, you go from uh, being on death's door to waking up. This actually turned out to be a lot easier than I was thinking it was going to mm-hmm. be. It just the... requires careful planning. Yeah. And by careful planning, we mean, I think I want him. Okay. okay. Wait, no, do me instead. Okay. Uh, so red, you wake up. Um, you're next on the order. The Baron is still lying down. Does anyone have any healing potions anymore? I I can literally do nothing. You could try a medicine check to see if you can stabilize <laughs> What's them. What's medicine? Uh, wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, that's medicine. Okay, crawl over to the bear and start binding his wounds. 17. Yes. So you, you managed to stabilize the baron, and then um, all of a sudden the uh, friendly forces come pounding up the hill, and you know they are obviously amazingly concerned about the Baron, and and uh, imagine why they uh, bear him off to his tent, and the healers attend to him, uh, casting their healing spells. Um, but the rest of you are uh, sitting there panting with the exertion uh, after having gotten yourselves uh, pretty heavily beat. But on the good side of things, you. Uh, seem to have defeated the Baroness herself. And more importantly, the Dragonborn have appeared from the mountains and have sent the forces of Excalbarium Calice in a route back to where they came from. I'm going to walk over and I'm going to rip one of the skulls off the Baroness. And they just crumble right off. There's no problem doing that. And I'm going to, I'm going to, it's it's interesting though. um, Roll me nature, you and Creval, roll me nature. 14. 18. Okay, so uh, it doesn't really occur to you, Noan, but Kraval, when he gives the skull to you, it's a male skull. You can tell. Oh, no. This is really odd, but... Um... Yeah, there's still one uncrushed skull on the shoulders. The other one, uh, Noan managed to crush in. I will... Um, can you talk to that? I'll walk over and look at the other skull. 
I'll, I'll nod a thank you to no one and walk over to the other skull. I want to look at it too. It is a female skull. You know, it's got the higher cheekbones, the, the, uh, not quite as prominent of brow ridge or, or mm-hmm. chin. Um, and it's kind of tough to tell with the one that no one caved in, but, uh, at least one of the three skulls on the shoulders of this undead monstrosity was male. I wonder if we can tell. Anyway, um, as they're doing this, I'm, I heal myself up to 94. Okay. Do you want to go attend to the Baron at all or anything? He's been taken off. Okay. I just thought it'd be kind of a neat storyline thing, but okay. Um, are you healing anybody else while they're doing that? I am healing myself for a full minute. Okay. And then the rest of you could roll hit dice if you want. Or I I'm going to take a moment spells. and meditate and heal myself up fully. Okay. Are we at three hit, hit dice? Mm-hmm. Yes, three at a time. Oh, uh, I'm going to cast... Before we start doing that, I'm going to cast uh, the Beacon of, Hope. Beacon of Hope. Okay, so everyone gets max? Everyone gets max. Okay, so max or actually, your... is that healing spells or healing in general? I'm pretty sure it's healing so our, in general. Our hit dice are the maximum amount? Maximum number of hit points possible from any healing. Okay, yes. So you get maximum on your hit dice. And it, we'll, we'll say that, uh, yeah, the medics appear around all of you and just start bandaging you up, so. I have concerns about these skulls, obviously. Um, can I search the body? Is there any other markers upon it? Um, it's interesting. You you um, can you know when, once you start popping the plates off, it's just all scrolled upon with these runes that make you just feel kind of uneasy, even to be casting your eyes upon, and uh, even more uneasy if you when you touch them. Does it give, does it kind of make me think about that book we found so long ago in the Walls Tower? It does remind you of that. Yes. So uh, I'll call Cotter over and, and well, I'll call everybody over and look at, have them look down. So it looks like our old friend's still at work. I wonder what other such minions he has created. Going by the uh, heraldry, I guess, mm-hmm. is what you'd call it. If this really <laughs> is the Baroness. And it was wearing the Baroness's colors, yeah. Yes. Then this might be the most powerful creature he has donated how how badly damaged is the, the center skull that no one caved in uh basically the face is gone it's just the the top and back sides so there's no there's no jaw or mouth right no it, well the jaw is lying on the ground right now yeah okay um i'm gonna ask no one to hold on to the other skull and i'll and the one he gave me which i thank him for i'll hold on to a little later i think we'll try talking to these guys all right, I'll put mine in my bag of holding. Same with me. Very good. Okay, um, anything else? Obviously, everything is a swarm of activity. However, there is a feeling of optimism. And in fact, even the rain, which has been coursing down during this whole thing, has begun to slack off, and there's actually little holes in the clouds. Uh, the sun's coming out. Um, and it, if you, as you look down from the hillside, down towards the plains you can just basically see it just littered with bodies but the forces of Excalibarium Calise have fled the field and you see the um, dragonborn are basically combing through the bodies and they are making a long uh, pyre pile of all the dead that have fallen from their side on one side of the battlefield 
and uh, Creval, you see the uh, matron mothers coming up the hill again at you. And uh, your uh, sister's in the lead, and she's got a pretty good smudge on one cheek. Looks like she took a, a blow from something or other, but uh, aside of that, she looks pretty hale. The other ones also show some small signs of being roughed up, little cuts and scrapes, but no major wounds amongst them. I'll walk down to meet them. And when they get in, I'll uh, look at my sister and speak more as a brother than anything else. I said, I trust that little scratch didn't slow you down there, did it? And she was, she looks around and, and then puts her side of her hand to her face as if she's noticed it for the first time. saying, oh, yes, well, the last one was a bit tough. We need to see to our fallen, but I need to speak with all the matron mothers before we talk to anybody else. And she says, I think that would be best. Our forces in the field are collecting the honored dead, and we will burn them as our custom when nightfall comes. Shall we assist in despoiling the others that we fought? Yes, uh, victors and spoils and all that. I catalog everything so that we can spread across the nation equally. Very good. And she uh, turns to one of the other matron mothers who uh, nods with a very wicked grin on her face and trots off back down the hill. The uh, forces of Porta Magnum Cotter, mm -hmm. for their part, seem to be more than happy to let the Dragonborn uh, go and do this dirty work. And uh, they want no more to do with the Exhilbarium folks, especially the ones with the mushrooms growing out of them and the ones that uh, have nooses hanging about their necks. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to go join them, and as, and as I do so, I'm going to hear the tales of their glorious combat so that they may be retold. Very good, and, and they are always more than happy to uh, speak with you about that. So rummage, 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 pile, pile, pile. And, you know, obviously the soldiers in the field don't really have anything with them. Um, there's, you know, maybe an occasional, like, ring or necklace or something like that. But by and large, you know, these, this is the peasantry. They don't really have much in the way of uh, valuables. And mainly it's just collecting the, the weapons and armor from them to uh, put in one big pile to be, uh, to be dealt with. And then uh, piling the bodies for an enormous bonfire later tonight. And they gather up all the dry wood they can find and pile it around both of the pyres. Uh, Cutter, um, since the Baron is down uh, or being attended to, what what do you want done with the Fallen from Porta Magnum? I'm not in charge, am I? Um, basically, everyone's looking at you at this point in time. You are the ranking person in the area at this point, unless one of the other uh, family heads shows up. You're you you are it. Okay. Uh, you do have enough wagons. You can probably bring them back in state to. Uh, Porta Magnum, or you could have them burnt or buried here on the field. What's the Porta Magnum custom for this sort of thing? Um, well, it's been a while since anything like this has happened. Um, so you, you would think they would want to bring them back. And, what's, and yeah, have... what's the funeral method of the people then? Yeah, you you usually are buried um, there on the shores of the Mare. Okay, then I guess bring them back. Yeah, And obviously for the uh, people in the upper circles, you have family burial plots in your estates and things like that. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, so you, you order them um, loaded to the wagons to, to head back home? Yeah, and then arrange for, like, sentries to be sent out to make sure that the retreating people are actually retreating and hope that someone who has 
more military experience than I do, or like organized military experience mm-hmm. shows up. Sounds good. Um, and uh, your squire and the rest of the uh, you know senior folks from your battalion gather up and and actually uh, Kent Squire, who's now a, a knight himself and in charge of the Bear Battalion. Um, you know, as, as you guys are kind of going around, he, he kind of goes by and says, hey, Billy. And uh, William says, only my mom calls me Billy and just shoots him the dirtiest look ever. But then uh, that's about it for excitement. After um, several hours, the, the Baron comes out and he's bandaged up and, and so forth, but looking much more hale for having a little bit of attention play, paid to him. And uh, he says, ah, Kata, ah, I, I see you've got things organized here, so. Very good. Um, I, well, I certainly would expect nothing less. Very good. Um, well, uh, what should we do, Cotter? I mean, uh, obviously we need to retreat from the field and back to Port of Magnum now that we've done this. Um, I will order an expedition sent to Excolbarium Colise and see if we can secure the city now that the Baroness is perhaps dead. Um, and they'll bring us back word. Um, but um, what do we need to do with the... Uh, and he points down at the giant piles. Um, I certainly we're going to, you know, burn the the fallen. But uh, how about the uh, dragonborn companions? So what what is their custom? They are already beginning their funerary work. Very good. Um. Well, would it be polite for us to wait? Um. They've certainly done fantastic work for us. Um. I, I would feel bad about skipping out if it, it would be impolite. Is Kraval around still, or is he off in the field? I am respectfully about three steps back listening in. I'll look over to you then. Um, I need I need Cotter and Brother Noan to be with me for a moment. And Baron, you are invited as well. There's a rare glimpse that you have not seen since the Elder Times as we honor our dead. And he uh, gives you a, a low bow and he says, It would be my honor to be present. I'm I'm still piling bodies up with the dragonborn. I sort of assume at this point it's probably all done, but am I wrong? Oh, I think it's going to go on for a little while, but yeah, um, it uh, it's it's getting getting close to, to being done there. Now you can send a someone can come and fetch me. I'm sure. Uh, respectfully to the Baron, I need to speak to the Dragonborn Council, but. I understand you said you wish to send an expeditionary force to the bottom of the mountain of where the city lies? Uh, well, yes. Uh, just, uh, well, uh, it could be of two two matters. One, um, certainly we need to go and survey the area and see if indeed uh, the Baroness is dead or whether this was just some giant ruse. Um, and then the, the next one is if indeed she is dead and there is no leadership in the city, then we need to occupy the city and uh, bring stability until we can figure out what to do in the Bar- baronial council. Well, I understand. I heard you say that you are grateful to the Dragonborn Nation, and I will speak to my council first, but I may have an idea for you. Oh, I, I will be all ears. Um, please let me know uh, when, and I certainly would like to address them myself and give Porta Magnum's undying thanks. Allow me to speak to them first, and I will... Forgive me for using the wrong words here. If I do, come fetch you uh, to address them yourself as well. And he, he kind of chuckles uh, softly to himself. So, yes, you may fetch me at your leisure. I uh, And he kind of, you see him stretching a few sore spots. 
I think I shall be resting in between times. Very much so. Um, wait till he walks away, and when he does, I'll look at Cotter and say, that is not one born for battle. Well, he seemed brave enough during our fight. That is fair. Very good. Okay, so um, you guys uh, take off, and I assume link up with Noan, and uh, then the uh, Dragonborn are actually setting up a camp, uh, Krival, on the edge of the clearing there, basically on the edge of the trees, sort of neither in the, the Campo Magno nor in the foothills uh, exactly. And, and of course, they are... Uh, they're traveling light and and sleeping rough, so their their camp exi- you know is basically just a bunch of hide lean tos, and uh, but they're already starting to uh, start campfires, and you have no doubt that their hunters are out in the hills and will probably bring back some game, and there will be a feast tonight. Um, I'll look for Kaba and try to gather the mothers that are here. Sounds good, and and they actually do have one decent sized tent and that's the one that the the uh matron mothers are are in and uh you are escorted there as soon as you make an appearance and your uh, sister bounds up off her her cushion and come and, and gives you a, a deep hand clasp and touches her forehead to yours and she says great victory to you Creval. and great victory to all of us she says swinging a hand about you have restored the pride of the Dragonborn Nation. It is a high honor that you grace me indeed to say such, but we have a few things we must discuss before something gets out of hand that doesn't need to. Yes, please sit down and and, uh, address us all. I'll motion with uh, Cotter and Noan to sit next to me as I sit down. So uh, the biggest dragon in the room right now is uh, how the lowlanders view me and the differences between our two nations in terms of how they perfu- or purview people of power. And even though with Brother Cotter and Brother Noah here to back me up that I tell the truth, have this enormously wrong conclusion that I am the king of the dragonborn. And when you say that, um, the other uh, matron mothers, they're just sort of titter. And then, you know, immediately just sort of wipe that uh, uh, off their face and, and are immediately solemn again. But you, you also notice that uh, your, your sister is kind of laughing in her eyes there. And she says, yes, uh, well, uh, that only makes sense, seeing as you're the only one of us they've really seen. Uh, but yes, uh, well, what do you intend to do about this? It seems like no matter what I try, they don't understand that we are led by a wise council of matron mothers. So I assume I will just try to guide them to understanding that I am just merely the contact for the nation, but not the king itself. And your sister actually draws herself up kind of to her full height and says, well, then perhaps my husband and my brother, you should introduce me to these people. Perhaps we can dispel their notion. And that is exactly that's what I wish to say. I just wanted to prep the honored mothers so they knew that there was no insult coming from myself or my party upon the establishment of what we are. And she says, you are a great guardian of our traditions, Kravahal, and we uh, appreciate this. And let me know the time of our arrival, and I will prepare. And she gives you a really toothy grin. A spectacle for them. Do I know, out of character, do I know what the arrival is? 
um, you would probably expect there's going to be a show of dragonborn force that comes along with the uh, with the Reverend Mother. Well, I mean, are we going to Port of Magnum or are we going to do it here? Um, well, I think you probably would want to go and talk to the Baron right now. Well, uh, I will offer that. Would you like to attend me now while I go speak to this Baron or would you like to wait until we are in his home city? And she says, I think the sooner the better, but um, give me an hour to prepare things. One other thing. And I kind of side glance at Cotter real quick before I say this. I'm going to impress our rights upon the Baron, and I'm going to try to claim the city beneath the mountain there. Um, you may do as you see fit, Creval. Um, no, you will have the backing of the entire Dragonborn nation if you do. Yes, but just as I will try to uh, establish that I am just a contact, my in, as my experience with the humans makes me understand that they are more inclined to be trusting of another of their kind, and that's when I'll look at Cotter. It will be our adopted brother that if the Baron is so inclined, him and his family shall become the new bear run, whatever the heck that means, of this new city that acts as a protected gateway to our mountain. And she says, as you see fit, you are much more versed in the lowlanders culture than we. I will go talk to this baron. They have the oddest words, I swear. And let him know of our plans then. Yes, why should they name someone after something that is completely devoid of life? But yes. <laughs> I haven't quite figured that out either. I don't know why one would brag about that. Perhaps it is a strength thing, Creval. Perhaps they trying to impress that someone so powerful could use such a demeaning name. Only certainly someone of great power would do such a thing. Uh, like uh, someone uh, that is calling themselves tiny, that is physically imposing. I've never, you know, I will find time to ponder this later. That is actually a that you may have actually just explained it to me. And I will ponder it as well in our mountains. All right. Well, if the, the major mothers will excuse me. I will go talk to the Baron one and ask, see about, well, let them know of your imminent arrival and then of what we wish to claim. Very good. And your sister gives you, you know, the forehead press and sends you on your way. And I'll leave the tent with Codron no one. Very good. And what will you go do? Have a conversation very quickly. Go talk to the barren one. And did you need to have a conversation, Cotter? Uh, I think so. Well, you guys are headed over to the baron's tent. Now would be the time to do it. You want me to be baron of Exclabarium Colise? Yes. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean... Cotter, That's not really something you say no do? to. What? Cotter, what does your family do? We are traders. Merchants. What's the city do? Um, taxes? I know. Controls the trade through your fam or through our, fa our extended family, does she not? Oh. And what does that city that currently needs leadership have lots of? Uh, people? Not so many anymore. Trade routes. Trade routes. Yes. Trade routes. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, Little don't... brother, this is a open power spot that you should fill. Yes this, I, I, yes, this is something that you do not turn down. I will 
will I be able to go out and continue to fight? I'll have to think more we, about that. We will always need to fight, little brother. But for right now, we also need to consolidate. If you think about it, and the Baron gives you a quizzical look, understand the position that you will now be in. You will be the rare lowlander family that offers a connection to a exotic warrior breed through our connection as family into the mountains. The dragonborn now have one more layer of protection between what comes from below the mountains and the mountains themselves. And two, if ever the need rises where someone wishes to usurp, you have a standing army that will answer your call as only family can. That is true. Well, as I, well as the political backing to alleviate some of the strain on Sister Sinia. Yes. I will accept your offer, although there might be complications down the road. I think it's cute, little brother, that you think I was offering. And I give him a clap on the shoulder and walk into the tent of the Baron. <laughs> I'll follow. Okay. Um, and uh, just one little aside uh, before we go any further. Um I already planned all of this stuff out a long time ago. So when we get back to Port of Magnum, don't shoot me. Okay. Anyway, so you get to uh, the tent of the uh, the Baron. And uh, he's actually kind of sitting there at his ease there, Creval. And when you come in, he sort of, you know, is, uh, jumps to his feet and says, Ah, Creval. Yes. Um, you, uh, you've talked with your people then. I have talked with the leadership of my people who will be here within an hour to greet, meet and greet your barrenness. Very good. Such a thing is better than I could have hoped. Uh, we will be waiting with uh, bated breath. Um, will you uh, reside with us here in, until then? Or uh, as he looks over Cotter, is there other things that need to be done with your, uh, your battalion between now and then? And actually, William has it pretty well under control, Cotter. So. Mm -hmm. I'll look to Kerval if he wants to speak now or speak later um i after we have our conversation here baron i must see to my honor dead in the traditional manner of the dragonborn it is another prosperous offering i think or an idea that i'd like to share with you if you have a moment oh please please uh um now or or after you've attended to your your uh honored dead my my understanding was that they would be uh, burnt at sundown as is your tradition at least uh, that's what has been explained to me it is and uh, it's just i think it'd be an idea just to give you time to think of this over i will just give you the the base idea and then when i introduce you to our leadership perhaps the two of you can come to an agreement as you know, the Dragonborn have lived in the mountains for many, many generations. Perhaps as long as the land has been above the water, we have existed not always peacefully, but within the mountains. Now with this uh, constant threat that we seem to be under and a current, a current vacuum of leadership in the city at the base of the mountain, it seems a joining of societies is in order. But as every joining is often with uh, matters of rift or rife with conflict, I think we have a unique chance to perhaps smooth things over. As you know, Cotter Frazier of the Crane family? Swan, but it's the Fraser, oh, so Fraser family. Fraser family. Fraser family of the, of the Swans 
are masters in their trade of trade of uh, dealing with trades and goods and shipments. And he says, yes, um, we, we've definitely noticed that lately. Uh, you've, you've been doing a good job, Cotter, in your absence. And he gives you a wink. It seems to me that with the Dragonborns helping to do so, reclaiming the city at the base of the mountain would be done quite, quite simply enough in the long run. Uh, but the ability to hold it while trying to provide security for Porta Magnum may not be as easy. My uh, offer to give consideration is to promote Cotter and his wife, Sinia, to Baron and Baroness to control the trade routes and the ships coming in and out, which would leave them with a strong link to Porta Magnum and with the backing of the Dragonborns from the mountains, a standing army to protect it. And his eyes kind of, or his eyebrows kind of shoot upwards. And he says, well, this uh, is a uh, interesting proposal. Uh, Kroval, you are definitely wise in, in the ways of the world. Um, however, um, this is not something I can decide myself. Um, I have already dispatched messages to all of the barons, uh, at least the remaining ones, um, to meet at Porta Magnum, and as uh, I said, I've sent an expedition to Excalbarium Calis to divine whether or not we did remove the Baroness uh, on the field of battle today. Uh, so first thing we must determine is, is indeed the Baroness gone, or once said, this is just a giant ruse that nearly killed a lot of us. And then uh, second, if the Baroness uh, is gone, then uh, the uh, barons in... Uh, in a conclave must meet and decide the fate. Um, however, um, I will say this to you, Creval. Um, if they decide to promote somebody, and I do believe that if the Baroness is gone, that that is indeed what must happen for that murderous family seems to have removed themselves. <laughs> um, there are very few, if any, left of that particular lineage. Um, so yes, a new family must be brought in there. Um, but I'm afraid I cannot release Cotter uh, for reasons that will become apparent when we get back to Porta Magnum. And obviously I'm not familiar with how the Lowlanders would know intent. There was no insult entitled in that naming of you such. It was just something that occurred to me while we were sitting here. And oh, no, 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 no insult uh, occurred. In, lifestyles. And, it, and it is a very wise idea. And, and I can see, and he kind of nods to you, Cotter, uh, why you would uh, want such a, an august person uh, to be uh, the Baron. Um, but like I said, um, give me a little bit of time. Um, are, I assume you're all heading back to Porta Magnum after this? Yes, um, we when, are. When we've met with the Barons, um, yes, it, well, I can, I'm not free to speak of this quite yet, but all will become clear when we get back to Porta Magnum. Would you like to join us as an honored guest and seeing a... a seldom experience of how the dragonborn honor their dead i would be considerate my life's honor creval excellent uh i'm sure the matron mothers will be here shortly and i will walk yeah. them in and introduce them but then i will excuse myself as you meet their true leadership of the dragonborn nation and actually creval as you hear that all of a sudden you hear this loud boom of about it seems like a hundred dragonborn voices and uh the Baron says, could they be here now, Caval? <laughs> Whatever may have given you that idea. <laughs> and everybody kind of giggles a little bit on, and uh, chuckles. And you go outside and uh, Kava has uh, indeed 
prepared a spectacle. Um, the five of the, uh, the matron mothers that are here are leading a procession, and there has to be a good hundred or more dragonborn in several files, um, all organized by dragon type. And they get about halfway up the hill to the Baron's tent, and all of a sudden they just let go into the sky with their uh, breath weapons and an amazing display. And uh, the uh, Baron kind of leans over to you and, and whispers, Cabal, it's like, they do make a fearsome visage, don't they? No wonder you're so legendary. And uh, they come all the way up there, and uh, the matron mothers just stop proudly in front of the Baron. Baron, allow me to introduce the most honored high mother of the Dragonborn Nation. This is my sister, Kaba, and also my, I guess, what is, is there, is this his wife? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, my honored sister and also my marriage wife, which you will explain. I know that's unusual to you. And and actually, Cotter, he, he gives you the raised eyebrows, you know, it's like quite surprised. You know. I'll out of character because I don't know all their names. I will go down the line giving them the highest honors of their titles mm-hmm. as per clan. And as you name each one, the uh, Baron bows very low in front of them and uh, greets them. I will take a knee as they arrive as well. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Would I know to do that? Is that something I should do? I don't know. Well, no, Cotter. I will keep you from nailing Cotter because you are the bridge between two worlds right now. Okay. As much as I am. Okay. So as he waffles, you just kind of uh, put a hand on the back of his uh, shirt collar and hold him up there. And uh, the Baron says, "Greetings, Kava, and honored mothers. Um, Kraval here, uh, the most fearsome warrior that we have met, uh, has educated us on." the proper leadership in the Dragonborn. Um, and he turns to you, Cotter, or to you, Craval, and says, I can't promise that all of the tongues wagging in Portum Magnum will be swayed by this, but, and he turns back to the, the Reverend Mothers and says, as far as the leadership is concerned, that we now recognize the true leaders of the Dragonborn nation. And then the Reverend Mothers all bow back to him in a very stately way. And the Baron continues, it's like, this will have to be ratified by the other Barons, but I cannot imagine that they would ever countermand me on this. Um, But as far as I am concerned, and I will make sure that the other Barons confirm it as well, from now in perpetuity, the mountains will be the province of the Dragonborn. Your traditional lands will be yours for as long as our kingdom exists. Is this where Kava talks or is this where I talk? Um, well, Kava obviously bows low and, and says, uh, this is welcome news. We look forward to more direct relations with your people. And um, the Baron says, could you please at some point appoint an ambassador to meet with the barons when they meet in council so that the dragonborn can be recognized and their issues and concerns can be addressed. And uh, your, the, uh, your sister agrees and uh, 
you know, that's about as far as that goes. Obviously, she'll have to pick somebody out. And did you want to add anything in there, Kaval? Uh, not presently, I don't think so. Just uh, ask for excusing from presence myself to help prepare for the uh, ceremony at sunset. Very good. Okay. And uh, so the uh, Dragonborn dispersed back to down to the uh, their encampment. Um, and the Port of Magnum folks begin to pack up so they can leave on the morrow first thing. Um, and uh, what will happen then, Kraval, at the uh, sunset with the burning of the pyres and the uh, fallen from Excalibarium Khalis, their pyre was lit about halfway through the afternoon and has already started burning. Um, when, uh, when the sun crests behind the mountain but still has a slight sheen behind it, all the dragonborn who are still alive are all alighted in its light and... It's the only time that you see black on any of the dragonborn scales, and they're all intricately woven to go with their scars. And at first, they're all sitting and standing in rank and file in front of the pyre, and then a slow hum will fill the air as they begin to march and clam, or not clam, clang, slam their weapons together and start a low, hushed humming and spread out almost in um, like in a spiral where they're offset and around this, like a fan unfolding in a complete 360, they all circle around the um, pyre. And as they all, when the last person sits in place, they begin a chant that's started by the major mothers, but answered by everybody else, including Kraval, but in Draconic. I think no one would understand at this point because none of the words are fancy, but it's an chant from the first dragonborn. And what he, he what, what no one hears and everyone else that's draconic knows or hears is the mother saying, Lo, our blood flows. And the crowd answers, The burn, the ice, the charge, the flight. Lo, our anger rise. To victory, to honor, our scales shine bright. Lo, our clan gathered tonight. For honor, for glory, our weapons held tight. See us honored dead. Because at this point, everyone's talking. We are those who see you off this night. And at the the end of the last word echoes every dragonborn breathes at the same time to hit the pyre and the pyre and burns bright white and then just fades to small ashes the uh, burning bodies fade into the night very good and as the uh, sun sets and goes down uh, the flames leap up and uh, burn into the evening and uh, then everybody retires to their particular camp and on the way back, you find yourself right next to the Baron, Cotter. And the Baron says, have you seen such things previously? They are amazing uh, people. Such, uh, such pomp, such circumstance. They are indeed amazing. And to think we haven't seen hide nor hair for a thousand years. We are living in interesting times. How many times have you said that to me so far? Uh, far too many now that I think of it. <laughs> far too many. And you guys retire to your uh, camps. If anybody's still injured, they could roll more hit dice, change the bandages up and all that stuff. And I have 15 land hands hit points remaining if you want to just top off. Okay. And so the next day... Actually, I have a whole lot of healing if you want to heal even more. Yeah. So basically, anybody's injured, you can be all the way healed up by the time uh, 
You go to bed. So during after the ceremony, uh, I will stay up a little late and I'm going to practice my calligraphy skills and pull out some parchment and I'm going to start writing the tale of the battles Excellent. and the pyre. And uh, in the morning, uh, the day dawns nice and fresh and clear, as it often does after a major rain. And um, those of you from Port of Magnum wake up and the dragonborn are gone. The only thing that even lets you know that they were there is a giant pile of ashes that uh, is left from the, the burning of the bodies and then the trampled areas where their tents were located. And just a little tiny piece of trash here and there. But aside of that, sometime in the early hours of the morning, uh, the sentries uh, tell you that they just quickly packed up their gear and melted off back into the hills as if they never were. I'm so proud. Seriously. And uh, you guys begin the long and painful trek back to Forda Magnum. And obviously it's going to take two days uh, dragging the, the uh, carts and having the uh, people uh, limping along with you. But uh, two days later, you find yourself back at the gates of Porta Magnum. And the whole wall in front of the gates is just lined with people. And they're all cheering as the army comes back in. And, and you, you do notice, I mean, interspace between the people cheering here and there, there are folks that are gazing very concernedly at the procession coming through, perhaps looking for that one face that they are concerned isn't going to be able to return or perhaps having already seen their unit go by and not seeing the, their loved one and thinking the worst. Um, and you get onto the main mag, uh, avenue and you go all the way up once again with people lining the walls of the main avenue there, the great uh, gate of Porta Magnum. And uh, they uh, follow all the way up there with people cheering. And you find yourself back at the Cotter household, at the Fraser household, um, with the direction that you should all appear before the Baron tomorrow evening after they've had a chance for the various barons to confer and you get back and one thing occurs to you there's no arlen or adri yet you you realize you haven't heard you, you've been so buried in your problems you realize you haven't heard from them since the all of you split up and went your different directions uh, but you you know your first question to Cinia is, is if the return and her answer is no they have not um, I will take a, well, one, I will nod at Cynthia and said, oh, no, that behold your unharmed husband. I can tell you with quite honesty, his adoptive brother, Noan, has stands before you as the man that saved your husband's life, but your husband comported himself in every manner that a true warrior and soldier for this city should. And she just beams at you and, and, uh, thanks you profusely. And actually here's a question though, uh, Misty and Red, what were you going to do, um, were you going to continue back to Porta Magnum, or seeing as you're halfway home, would you just continue back towards the Trebaxi Treehouse now that you've kind of done what you were there to do? Are they halfway home? I thought that's like the furthest they could be from home. Um, no, the furthest like you can be is Porta Magnum. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really see a need for us to come with them. I mean, I know that they just recognize the dragonborn nation but i'm pretty sure the tabaxi still don't want to be recognized and certainly we wouldn't be the ones to do that so 
That's exactly I, right. I think we'll probably go back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, what? And actually, what you could probably do was um, you could uh, return with them to Port of Magnum, and then just stop at the docks and board um, one of the ships there. You undoubtedly right. can probably get a message to the uh, dwarven sandship captain that uh, helps out the tabaxi on a regular basis. So as, as you guys get to the, the base of the Great Gate, Craval um, and, and Noan and, and Cotter. So as they go to the docks, the, I'm, I, I approach Misty and I reach into my bag of holding and I give her the skull that I had been carrying. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> she, she was the artillery and deserves the honor of this trophy. Very good. I'll walk up to Red and I will tie around his neck a small leather strap and on it will be a wooden, because I can't carve stone, <laughs> etching of a snow owl that looks exactly like what's burned onto my chest. When you're ready for those stories, find our way into the mountain and we will find you. I'm going to say in your mind, oh, thank you very much. That I is still very weird. I have <laughs> I have so many stories that I already need to write for the treehouse just from the few moments that I've spent with the Dragonborn. It's very interesting. I'll also look over at Misty. If you wish to learn more about your heritage with the scales, come with him. I have a feeling we could have some interesting times learning. Misty will kind of nod. She's still like holding the skull really close to her chest. Pretty excited about that. Um, Thank you. That does uh, bring up a point. At one point, I'm going to try to uh, speak with Dead with the skull that I have, though. Okay. Well, let's do that uh, when everything is quiet here after you've uh, yeah. been able to, to get a, a bath and a shower and, yeah, and a good meal in, in the Fraser household. But speaking of that, um, you guys are all unloading and rubbing out the, the bruises and... and uh, checking your armor for any damage that needs to be repaired and cotter you get a message that adrian arlen have just appeared at the gates having uh disembarked from an airship uh in our you know isn't it weird that we've never seen misty and red in the same room as arlen and adrian <laughs> i mean interesting <laughs> i mean not really like we met we we met like oh wait no we did we, we did have. yeah actually that's not true that's like saying Clark Kent and Superman are never together we always see them <laughs> but they're, I mean they're like one page apart they did meet uh no at Galtiverse Tower no no no. no 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 that was um what's her name Jade Jade yeah Jade came and in then we them. met them in the mountains oh okay mm-hmm. yeah hmm and they even sound similar they do right it's so weird. Well, actually, no. Um, Red and oh, Red Misty were mind. in Galchabar's tower, and oh, you guys took off with uh, with the, them to uh, to there. So yeah, one you just this once you actually got to see Red and Misty and and uh, Arlen and Adriel in the same spot. I thought I thought it would be pretty funny if, like, at the end, that was actually us, like as as our cat alter ego. <laughs> But yeah, you haven't seen um, gray and black and moon at the same time as you've seen Noan and 
Craval and Cotter. So there's still a possibility. There. You know, I've never seen the Tabaxi and Arlen's family in the same room at the same time. That either. is true. also true. Yeah. That is also true. And they even live close by. They do live close by. No. Can they do? Like relatively. No. It's on the way. No. <laughs> it's on the way. It's, it's on the way, way there. Yeah. It's just one of them's on the south side of the Mari, the other one's on the west side of the Mari. Yeah, that's like real there's, close. There's one, one ruined capital in between. Yeah, just one ruined capital full of lizards. But anyways, everybody's back together again. Um, and um, certainly the whole lot of you have an immense number of stories to uh, relay. And <laughs> certainly you can uh, quickly outline what happened if you want to here real quick. Um, but you also know that you are expected at the Baron's court and that evening i think after everything has been you know when unburdens themselves with everything um Krabal will turn a concerned look at arlen and perhaps galchabar has made some headway about your issues since the last time you spoke with them um well we have a new problem i can't do anything anymore what do you mean uh so i um so you know how it's really convenient to cast teleportation circle to get back here like really fast like really nice really fast yes i can't do that anymore what spell replaced it uh nothing i called up galchabar on the magic bowl and he could not detect a single magical thing about me but um the chaotic magic does anymore so we've got that going for us i mean that's one step, but it's like, ah. And, and I put my arm around you and I say, but you're still a great farmer. Thanks, man. <laughs> really appreciate that one. You did introduce new cuisine to the Dragonborn. I did. Um, is there anything we can do about that? Like, is it just that it's all been like flushed out of your system and you just need like sleep for a week straight and then you'll be back to normal or I don't know. Okay. Do we need to kill you and revive you and then oh that'll work? That's what got him into the situation to begin with. I have never been prouder of Cotter than that one moment. <laughs> the true dragonborn is coming out. Would that work though? I like, don't think so. Was there a reset button? Like, did you try turning it off and then back on again? Well, we tried and, that with our lawn and, and that didn't I, work. Yeah, you are. And I say, I can make it quick and painless. I uh, really appreciate your offer. I'm gonna have to decline. We tried that with Orlana already, and that didn't work. Actually, it, it did work, but like, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. Well, it worked in her favor, but and really that... killing him and, and bringing him back is is how we got here to begin with. Yeah. You know, on the tower. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. well, I suppose we should just listen for explosions in his room to see if he gets his mojo back. Right. Very good. Okay. Anything else you want to do before it's time to go to court? Um. um... I'll just motion to no one not to forget the gloves for Adri and um, just try to reassure you, Arlen, I had something similar and we were able to figure it out. We'll figure this out. Oh, you did, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you became really cool. Yeah. And then he tried to kill you and then a unicorn appeared. <laughs> so maybe trying to that kill you again. Before. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't do that. That was before that happened, I think. Yes. Oh yeah. That was before. Actually, right, I'm right kind of do the unicorn thing again? Uh, I haven't. Uh, no. And that was Orlana that did the unicorn thing yeah, last time, yes. anyway. 
I just kind of went, ah. I mean, we also have the potential, now that we've parted ways with the tabaxi, maybe they know something with their huge library and their super intelligent librarian. And now you know about the huge library. Yeah. So there's a resource for you to draw on. Uh, yes. So I will, when I have a moment, look at Adri and just kind of say, you're late. And then I hand her the gloves. And then excitedly say, these allow you to hit harder and faster, and they make you resistant to acid. And that's as, as much emotion as <laughs> Nuan will have. Then he goes back to stoic self. Wow, talk about a crack in the armor. He's, right. he's come a long way in that wow. character. <laughs> uh, before we go, I want to talk to Sunia about if she knows anything about why the what the Baron has planned, because he has something planned, and I don't know what it is. And she seems as surprised to hear about this as you did. Uh, she's certainly heard nothing. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that also in that conversation, it's going to come up that the Dragonborn want me to be Baron of Exolarium Coalice. And she, you see a look come across her face that's mingled somewhere between ecstasy and horror. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. obviously the uh, Exolarium Coalice is the sad sack out uh, barony that has the, the worst troubles. And I will say that, yes, the Baron said that, that probably won't be happening very soon. If at all. If at all. It, it probably won't be happening because they have that other plan that I don't know what it is soon. Yes, indeed. Okay, anything else before you head off to the Baron? Just one last thing. Um, like, just before we, like, walk to go meet him, I'll just walk over to Adri with no one and everyone else and say, Adri not as disturbing as it sounds to beginning to learn more about lowlanders i still have the skull of the man that would be to have been your your would have been your fiance we were doing an information search using my abilities but no one advised and i agreed not to ask these any questions till you were around perhaps tonight after everything calms down if you are agreeable to it we might see what he knows as well as the other skull I don't have any emotion tied to him, so sure. <laughs> okay. Well, and if you did that, emotion would be revulsion, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so off to uh, the uh, see the barons. Yeah. And uh, for the fighting types, you find that your armor has been completely polished and had every last mm -hmm. little uh, little bit of dirt removed. Um, and then for the rest, um, yeah, your robes have been clean pressed. Um, they just shine with, uh, with care. And, uh, so you look as spiffy as possible. I will give the plate back to Krival unless he really wants me to keep it. Uh, you know what? I think it looks better on you. No, you, you can use it much better. You, it's yours. You got it. You use it. Take a look at me in real in 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 a, for for a second. Really look at me. Plate mail for a while was a good idea, but I find that the older I'm getting, staying closer to my roots, especially now, with what's going about to happen between my nation and yours, it's better to have the clear cut show of who and what I really am, not somebody who's trying to fit in with what could have been or whatever. Please. Wear it in good health. Your wife will appreciate one more level of protection between you and death. 
and uh, take it with my blessings. Okay, then. Thank you. Okay. and I mean, after all, even without armor, I'm still harder to hit than Arlen is. Yep. Yeah, well, the... the... My my house that's is not harder saying to hit. much. Yeah, my house is harder yeah, to hit. That's also the, the the door on your barn is more difficult to hit than. Uh, okay, stop <laughs> it now. <laughs> okay, so you all repair over to the Baron's uh, compound, and you, when you walk in and are ushered into the grand ballroom, which has been turned into quite the throne room, you. Uh, find that all of the barons and baronesses are there so the baron and baroness of Svetus Cataracta is there uh, Nola is there and uh, she's with a dwarf you have not seen before um, which is interesting um, and then there's a couple of halflings which you assume must be the baron and baroness of Kolesque obviously the one missing is the one from Excalbarium Colise and that's just smart, though. You are just kind of immediately ushered in, and all of the barons rise when you enter, and uh, the uh, baron of Porta Magnum uh, says to you, "Is like, ah, yes, the grand party. Please, please, come in, come in. Uh, and uh, then seats himself, and he says, we want to thank you, not only for what you have done for the kingdom as a whole, um, but also for what you are going to do for the kingdom as a whole, we do seriously hope. Uh, for you see, our expedition has come back from Excalbarium Colise and have determined that, yes, indeed, that was the Baroness. The stories that we've gotten out of there have been quite horrific. Um, yes. And well, as you saw, the Baroness herself turned into quite the monstrosity. And uh, such was the fate for many of her people. Anyway, um, as I was saying in the field, the line of Excalbarium Colise, if it is not at its end, is uh, so rare at this point in time that we have not been able to find a cousin of any sort to ascend to the throne. So that must mean we must find a new member to be Baron of Excalbarium Police. And my consultation with the other barons here um, is that we need some fresh blood there. Uh, for if we were just to throw this open, every single person of royal lineage in any of the five baronies would fight to the death to determine who would ascend to the throne. So we've determined that in order to bypass that chaos, that we must make a promotion ourselves. And what we've determined is that the only way to have someone appointed to the barony without it forcing all sorts of ill will is to appoint a hero of the realm. And your group here, and he points to all of you, are now the most well-known heroes of our age. And so we implore you and demand of you, if we can be so bold, that one of your lot must ascend to the throne of Excalbarium Colise. And we know that you are on some sort of very important 
mission as we speak. And the various barons have uh, put a, a holding force uh, with a, uh, a regent uh, to govern the affairs of Excolbarium Calice until such things settle. But once you are done with your whatever it is you're doing, we ask that you appoint one of your number to be the baron for Excalbarium Colise. We do have one proviso. Well, I have one proviso. It cannot be Cotter. Ugh. And he turns to you, Cotter, and he says, So, Cotter, I do not know if you know this, but you are a great danger to me. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. For you are now far more uh, more impressive and more famous than I myself. Uh, already, uh, the tongues of Portum Magnum are, wave, are wagging about the son of Fraser, who can heal with a touch, commands the respect of the armies of the entire kingdom. Um, if situations were a little worse, I might have had to actually have you quietly put away to get rid of your political danger to myself but you'll notice cotter and he kind of reaches down and, and gives a squeeze to his, his wife's hand um that we have no children and i have consulted the sages i've consulted the clergy i've even gone as far as to consult the oracle during our baronial meetings there and have found that i shall not have children it's fine i was looking right at True. <laughs> and okay, I'm sorry, but right now inside my head of Cabal, I'm thinking, aha, Baron, got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I have the same problem that the kingdom does. Uh, when I die, all of the sons of all of the major houses will fight to the death to determine who will be the new Baron of Portum Magnum, unless one is already anointed ahead of time. And so I have decided, and I hope you will agree, that you will become, upon my death, the new Baron of Portum Magnum. And you know the Cynia just absolutely beaming up at you? <laughs> I will graciously accept. Very good. That takes, and he looks at the other Barons, one major concern off our mind. And then he turns back to the rest of you, and he says, and you do not need to make this decision currently. But please, know that Excalbarium Calice is open, and one of you must fill it to keep us from dissolving into absolute chaos. So please, think about this, and when you are done with your task, let us know who amongst you will rule Excalbarium Calice and bring it back from the brink of chaos. Brink of chaos? Do I know all about that? Oh, sorry. And that is where we're going to end today. Dungeon Master's Notes. Okay, so wow, yeah, um, a lot to cover here. Uh, first things first, um, I thought the uh, beginning of this episode was going to be a lot more difficult than it turned out to be when we had uh, 
five of six characters down or four of six characters down. Um, really thought it was going to come down to a real nail biter, but in the end, it kind of came down to the fact that Cotter had a healing potion and it came down to initiative order. So it uh, ended up being a lot easier than uh, I thought it was going to be. Yeah, basically, all they had to do was res, or not res, but uh, wake the healers in order, and uh, that was that. Um, and then, yes, we're causing a little bit of trouble with Creval and the. Council of the Elder Mothers. Um, so we'll have to see where that goes, but it seems like, at least in the short term, that he's got things all taken care of there. And then the whole thing with uh, taking the city and Baron and Creval convincing Cotter to be the Baron of Excalbarium Calice. And I seriously did have that planned months ago, what was going to happen. Um, and so as they were discussing that, I'm like, Please don't kill me, guys, but I've already decided what's going to happen here. Uh, but that did lead to some interesting stuff. After we hit stop, there was an animated discussion. Actually, it was kind of fun. It first started a discussion um, starting with uh, not it. And then after everyone got done doing that, they actually settled down for a real discussion on who could possibly be the Baron of Excalbarium Calice. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But to find out... We'll have to wait for the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.